The programme which follows is brought to you by Resonance 104.4 FM. How do you know when you're finished with a painting? How do you know when you're finished making love? Good afternoon, you are tuned to Resonance 104.4 FM and this is me, Simon Tishko, and this is Isotopica. Did anyone care to notice what I did just then? Right there, right at the beginning, the beginning of the show before I even said anything. I actually started today with the very last moments of last week's show. And the only reason I did that, because I really liked the last moments of last week's show, but those who asked it is actually a quote taken from the 2000 and something film Pollock uh, written direct by Ed Harris I believe with Ed Harris playing Pollock and I must admit I actually laughed out loud in the cinema when I first saw that film because it so plays up to that trope of the starving desperate silent not silent in Pollock's case but the genius the alcoholic depressive genius artist slaving away in his garret till he gets discovered and becomes a world changing artist and that particular quote is attributed to him when he was doing an interview with Life magazine when things had really gone good so I watched that again recently I watched it with my friend Claudia because I just wanted to look at that notion because I'm going really through that stage at the moment of being the starving artist and I am so bored with that as a notion yet here I am being a cliche um I think later on in the show I will play some uh, x-ray specs because one of their lovely songs is I'm a cliche yummy 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 and that's seeming really prescient at the moment the respects lyrics looking at that what else we got coming up i'm gonna have an advert there is gonna be an advert on isotopica an isotopica advert but it's um it's actually an old advert and it's an advert for more cigarettes and one of the reasons i'm playing it is because it's just well you couldn't make it up but the very third it's the third marlboro man died of cancer yesterday and um here's an ad that he's in so we'll be playing that in his memory i might wither on about it a little bit later on in the show in the meantime as i pointed out last week it's particularly poor broke time for me simon tishko artist in between exhibition shows galleries uh, patron, um all that stuff and I'm not giving quite as much time to the radio broadcast as I would like to. So the special guests I have coming will be coming later on in the series, probably towards the end of February after the Resonance fundraising week. Now, this is coming up quite soon. It's the last show in January today, 28th, I believe. And um, as many of you have heard many times on the station, Resonance is basically put together by artists who work mostly for nothing. In fact, I'm sure all of us work for nothing except for those that don't that's another story and we are supported by the arts council and we have a few patrons but we do rely on you the listener to not only listen not only take part not only provide us with lots of our material 
but also we could do with some donations now i've actually set up a special page on my website and if you go to www.theculture.net if you follow the obvious links to resonant show broadcast etc there's a sponsorship button you can press where it gives you lots of details about how resonance is approaching almost a million listeners a year it's a kind of pluck that figure out of a rain cloud kind of figure because working out the logistics of who listens to what when and where but this is pretty damn good kind of guesswork and so we're we're basically producing a minor miracle here it's the best the most original and we like to think the warmest and most loving art radio station in the world and it needs a little bit of support so if you would like to support us you can listen in on the week of the something to the something which includes the 11th so let's work that out with the calendar my uh, fundraising shows on the 11th there'll be the resonance fm auctions there will be various things and this year i'm last year i'll go back to last year last year i auctioned supper here at flight which is www.phlight.org and as many of you know isotopica is broadcast from under an aeroplane wing actually a dc3 dakota which is cutting through a council flat in southwest london um it's my little post 911 piece it was funded by the arts council and it is still open to the public occasionally when i make space for that sort of thing but um i have a little supper clubs here and i am offering the usual supper come round, hang out a little bit like that but this week or rather this year there is something a little bit special many of you will have seen the resonance fm article in time out earlier on last year and that actually featured a picture of me in my bath with an old analog grundig tape recorder um the glorious headline the voice of london yeah 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 we all said but it is actually a very big bath under an aeroplane wing in an artwork in an apartment which is the artwork in southwest london it's got to be one of the most unique baths in london and um, i'm offering the lucky listeners the chance to bid for well we'll see how the bidding goes but at the moment like one place to either come here and take a bath with a guest of your choice as long as you promise not to splash the carpet or share a bath with me and we'll record it for the radio and i'll tell you some stories of the good old days back when i used to work with all the bands in the rock and roll period of my existence anyway there you go you can actually bid on having a bath under an aeroplane in a council flat let's say um public authority flat x in west london it's unique it's bubbly it's delicious it's warm and um that's just the kind of people we are we offer these things anyway let's pin back our ears i'm going to pin back mine if you'd like to pin back yours and we will zoom through the next uh, 50 odd minutes of isotopica this week i shall be diverging and diverting and taking us to places where neither our ears nor our imaginations expected to be on a tuesday afternoon but there you go this is me simon tishko this is resonance 104.4 fm this is isotopica and here we go on another sonic detour Thank you. 
Everything you do to help the world along 
listening to we've been listening to an advert it's kind of uh, topical at the moment because we're trying to fund resonance we're trying to fund resonance independently of the usual channels and we need your help to do that if you look at my website www.theculture.net follow the links to resonance and broadcast and there's a page about how you can actively sponsor isotopka and resonance 104.4 fm Anyway, we were listening to an advert. Why were we listening to that? Because that was a Marlboro advert from the days when they used to advertise cigarettes on television, in films, uh, posters, everywhere you could. In school playgrounds, they'd be giving out cigarettes. And It's been known since the early 1960s that somewhere through your first pack of cigarettes, you become a shortened lifetime customer to the big American, English, worldwide tobacco corporations. Um, And they really didn't give a damn that their product was killing. In fact, it made no difference whatsoever because you were addicted for life. The notion that you wanted a cigarette was basically, it's the worst addiction of all because it doesn't actually do much, it doesn't do anything. It just uh, fulfills its own little circle. It's almost the perfect consumer item. And um, this week, Marlboro Man, the face of Marlboro Cigarettes, the cool, hard man, died of smoking-related illness. And it just kind of sums it up. The world of the free market, the world of capitalism, the world of advertising, the world of consumerism. Um, probably gathered I'm not really that fond of it, and I do propose some alternatives, more of which we'll have in issues of Istopka, episodes of Istopka, that's what I meant to say, coming up. Anyway, that was me wittering again. Hope you enjoyed that advert.
in the daily papers, uh, as well as, well, naturally, the music papers, is a lady I've got in front of me now, uh, Miss Polly Styrene. Welcome to the program, Countdown, and to Australia, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> Very quiet. Now, tell me, um, you're in a group, X-Ray Specs, which is also causing quite of a storm in London. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about the band, first off? Like what? <laughs> like, where, like when it first formed and... Oh, well, it just, it formed from at the beginning of the year, in January, I formed it. So, really. Um, and did you actually form the group yourself, or...? Yeah. Yeah? Um, now, the, the name Polystyrene uh, could conjure up everything, and especially uh, the way you look. Um, but I hear you've got a dynamic voice. Uh, is that true? I don't know, is that for other people to say? <laughs> well, apparently for a little, little girl that can, it doesn't say very much, it's not very loud when she talks. Apparently she's got a bit of power behind that voice when she goes out on stage. Um, do you class yourself as a, uh, as a new wave band or a punk rock band? Yeah, I mean, I suppose new wave. I mean, I didn't, to me, see, I just think new wave or punk rock is just young people sort of getting up and doing something, creating something. That's the way I see it. I, you know, I don't know. Other people sort of put other labels on it and that, what it should be and things like that, but I don't think so. I think it's just young people doing what they want to do and express themselves in their own way. Right. Now, um... Has uh, has anyone ever had any musical influence on you before you joined your own group? I mean, were there any female singers that had any influence on you? I don't know, because I'm influenced by everything, really. Everything that you listen to influences you a, a bit. So, you know, you can't really say. I don't say specifically one person has influenced me, though, that I like some people more than others. How do you, um, um, what is your attitude to, uh, to when, you know, like, the, the, especially the daily papers and, and the media um, refer to you as a bit of a, of a rebel. Um, do you think you're a rebel in today's society? I mean, yeah, I suppose I am a bit, really. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, do you, you obviously enjoy being on stage uh, and being a singer and a performer. Um, is that all that matters to you as far as uh, the performance is concerned. I mean, do you get worried about any adverse criticism that that, that, that may come your way? Um, I don't know really. I try not to sort of listen to flattery or criticism. Really, I just carry on doing what I'm doing. <laughs> now, recording-wise, you've got a, a single out, which was actually a, a live version of the live Roxy album, although Bondage up yours. Uh, now, that has struck a bit of trouble as far as airplay is concerned. Uh, true. Yeah. Well. <laughs> I expected that really. Did you expect it when you first recorded it? Well, I mean, when I wrote it, I didn't, I mean, I don't know, yeah, I didn't expect it would get played on the radio anyway. Yeah. But, you know. But regardless of that, I believe the single is selling, um, selling by the thousands right around London and, and the provinces. Yeah. Yeah? <laughs> and you're already making the, uh, some, some impression on, on the charts. Yeah, I think, yeah, we are. Uh, the name, Polystyrene, um, first of all, was your thought of the name or, or was it given to you by a publicist or what? No, I mean, I thought of it, but it's just I was looking for a name in that and I thought I'd use the name of something around today, you know, something plastic and synthetic, and I just looked in the other pages and then I saw it, I don't know, got it really? 
So that's how the name of polystyrene finally was born from the yellow page yeah. of their phone book. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Right, now, on uh, the album side, what, what can we look forward to from X-Ray Specs uh, as far as an album is concerned? Oh, I mean, I don't really know. I haven't thought about albums or anything like that yet. We just wanted to do singles, basically, at the moment. Right, First there, of all. Is there a follow-up after um, O Bondage? Yeah. What's the title? The Day the World Turned Day Glow. The Day the World Turned Day Glow. And when's that released? I don't know. It's probably in... I don't know, the beginning of next year or something. Yeah. With your songwriting, Polly, um, I mean, how do you how do you write songs? How do you put them together? With guitar, as a accompaniment, or what? No, I just, well, I just sort of sing them, you know, think of the words and that, and sing them, make up a tune as I go along with the words, because the words that you use kind of, they establish the sort of tune that comes out. Right. And then what do you do? Put it, just sing it on tape and then go yeah. to the group? Yeah. Yeah. Just sing it on tape. Now take, um, now take with what uh, your new single is, um, and the words to this. Uh, I climbed up the miles and miles of polystyrene foam, then fell into a swimming pool filled with fairy snow. I wrenched nylon curtains back as far as they would go, then peered through perspex windows at the acrid orange glow. I drove my poly property car so far on wheels of rubber sponge, then pulled into a wimpy bar to have a rubber bun. The day of the world turned day go the way of the day of the world. Um, what, what do you, what, I mean, what does that mean? I mean, is it, um, is it? It does, well, I mean, in that, he sort of said it's um, to do with LSD, but it isn't, you see, because it's just, uh, I just wanted to write something using all kind of plastic words and artificial things and make kind of a fantasy story around it. So it means something as well in, a, in an indirect way. It's like about the modern world, or maybe you could say it's futuristic. But then that's, that's And when did you write that song? And where, where were you when you wrote that? A couple of months. I was just walking down the road. Yeah? <laughs> I was just walking down the road. Now, with um, uh, Oh Bondage, uh, it goes, buy me, tie me, chain me to the wall. I want to be a slave to you all. Oh Bondage, up yours. Oh Bondage, no more. Oh Bondage, up yours. Um, I consume you all, chain, gang, chain, mail. I don't think at all. Trash me, crash me, beat me till I fall. I want to be a victim for you all. Oh Bondage, up yours. Oh Bondage, up yours. Now, you can read that many different ways. I mean, you could read it that you've been sort of uh, suppressed for a long, long time and you want to get out or you can read it that, that uh, you want to continue to be sort of suppressed and, and by, you know, the establishment. I mean, can you yeah. tell us what it's all about? Well, I mean, it's like the uh, two things, you know, I think most people, on one hand, people, they say they want to be kind of tired up and everything because it gives them an excuse not to have to think. But then on the other hand, they don't. So that's just, that just expresses the two things, really, because in the verses, it, you know, says, I want that, and then in the choruses, it says, you know, up yours to all of that. Yeah. And when did you write that song? I mean, were you in an angry mood when you wrote it? Were you in a happy mood? No, I just wrote it, um... I can't remember when I wrote it. I wrote it after I went to a Sex Pistols gig and I saw two girls uh, chained together and that. Handcuffed together. So I wrote it after that. Because to me, you know, like... When they used to wear chains and dog collars and leaves and all of that, they used to sort of, it was like um, sort of drawing attention to the fact that they were in bondage as opposed to pretending 
that they weren't in bondage because a lot of people go around saying, oh, it's a free country, we're free and all of this and that, which isn't really true because we're all kind of tied up, really. So to wear all that bondage gear and all of that, just just drawing the fact, it's not pretending that you're free, you're saying, oh, I'm, bond I'm bound up, but so what, anyway. So I just don't mind showing it off to the world that I am. Now, being um, as young <clears> as you are and, and, and uh, having a very... Um, youthful following and a very big youthful following. Um, are you anti-establishment? Do you think you're anti-establishment? Um, not. I mean, I don't know really. I mean, the establishment, establishment might well be anti-establishment, but I don't really think of it like that. You know. I mean, there's so. been like you find university students that 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 will always be in rallies against you know with the causes, whether it be you know against the the wars or against uranium or something like that. Um, I mean, no, I don't, I'm not interested in rallies and things like yeah. that, you know, really. I'll just express sort of a certain idea or a pop, or an idea that other people feel in a yeah. song and that's about as far as I go. You know, I don't make statements or anything like that either. I'll just express what other people are feeling at the time and what I feel at the right. time due to what's going on. I mean, for instance, um, Johnny Rotten in one interview said about God Save the Queen uh, that he really didn't, uh, it wasn't that he disliked the Queen at all, you know. In fact, if anything, he, it was a song they felt sorry for her because she was put up as a pedestal. I mean, do you, uh, what, what is your thoughts on Royal? Yeah, I mean, I feel the same, I feel they're just victims, really. Well, that's what I think, anyway, yeah. I mean, do you admire her, or do you? I don't admire her. I mean, you can't admire somebody that you think sort of not in control. You know, she's in a power situation of control, but she doesn't actually make any of the rules. So you can't really admire somebody like that. You just have to sort of feel sorry for them, I suppose. Yeah. Now, on the um, on the fashion side, this caused quite a, a storm as far as fashion is concerned. Um, are you conscious of the fact that, that you could be now uh, a new trendsetter as far as fashion in England is concerned? I don't really know. I don't know. I don't really think about it much. Yeah. Sometimes I sort of see people and think, oh, they might have got that from me, but I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> now, as far as um, the curls and, uh, and the braces on the teeth um, and the earrings, etc., etc., I mean, is it completely your own original um, conception of, of, of the way you dress, or do you have you borrowed it off someone else? No, I mean, I just, I, I just sort of get old things and that and just put them together and then basically I just dress in bright colours so I just do different things you know when my mood takes me that but the basic thing is just bright colours really and just bits of junk and things like that and just put it all together. <laughs> now uh, before you actually joined um, uh, you, or formed your own group um, I mean what sort of music were you following? Say like say say two years ago what sort of music were if you were a bit following. Well, I wasn't really following any music. I like lots of different sorts of music, but I don't know, I wasn't never following followed it like that though really. I mean did you ever think that, that say in nineteen seventy five that in nineteen seventy seven you would uh, be able to walk out on stage and send an entire uh, club um, off their brains and No, I didn't think like that. Going all around the place. I didn't really think of it like that, but I always wanted to sort of um, do, you know, be singing that and like songs. Well, since I was about 15, so I thought I probably would do it, but I didn't you know. I think to now I just think of it like that. Now, what sort of um, what, what sort of music um, 
do you listen to now? And what do you, I mean, if you buy albums, what sort of albums do you buy? I don't really buy very many. I buy sometimes sort of other new wave bands and that just to see what they're like. <laughs> Competition. And then, <laughs> and then, I don't know, I've got sort of old Blue Beat records and things like that and some old Janis Joplin records. I've just got very, you know, yeah. lots of things and reggae and... I haven't got many albums or anything really, I've just got a few, I'll just play them over and over again till I get fed up with it. Right. Now, for instance, in America, uh, Linda Ronstadt has become uh, one of the hottest commodities over the last, say, four months uh, with, her, um, with her new album. And there's, there's so many tracks already making the singles charts in America. I think, in fact, I think there's three singles uh, in, on the American charts. Are you a fan of Linda Ronstadt? Do you enjoy her type of music? I haven't really heard very much of it, only probably what's on the radio, and I don't really listen to that all that much anyway. Yeah. So, no, I'm not really a fan or anything. Now, on the, um, on, on the live side of things, um, do you ever sort of follow, like, for instance, do you, I mean, we read every week in the, in, in the music trade papers the um, exploits of, say, the Sex Pistols and Johnny Rotten. Um, are you a follower of the Sex Pistols yourself? I mean, I like the Sex Pistols. Yeah, I like them because they know it's sort of part of our generation, really. So yeah. I like them. That's why I basically like all the young bands, really. Just doing things for today. But I still like them the best out of all the other bands around at the moment, anyway. Mm. Uh, on uh, the American side, do you follow any bands like, say, Tubes? No, I haven't followed them. I mean, I've heard about them and that, but Kiss? heard an album. No, I don't like Kiss. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, for 1978, um, there is a possibility that there may be an album come forward from X-Ray Specs, I guess. Yeah, eventually. So, yeah. yeah. And with the new single, The Day the World, World Turned Day, Day that should be released around about January. Um, is there any uh, thoughts about touring, say, like um, to the Far East or like, to Europe or something like that? Well, I don't know. I haven't, I don't get told these things. I expect we will go on a tour and that, but you know, I don't really think about it. I'm just more concerned in, you know, just playing and that and writing. Now, as far as fashion is concerned, again, getting back onto fashion, um, London's always been notorious for um, for uh, the most outrageous fashions over the past, say, ten years, uh, and the, the, and also the fact that fashion changes so quickly. Um, uh, what were you wearing, say, two years ago? Oh, well, two years ago, I was wearing, I was still quite dressed up, really, the way I used to wear still stilettos and things like this. Not all that much different to now, but a bit not so bright, really. Right. That's, you know... Now, with your mum and dad, I mean, like, have they ever uh, sort of offered any uh, encouragement or criticism towards uh, what you dress and, and perhaps, you know, your music or something like that? Well, I don't know my dad, so he's out of the question. And uh, my mum, is, um, she thinks it's a good laugh. Yeah? Has your mum ever been to a gig? No, she hasn't been to a gig. No, because she gets hurt her legs. So oh, I see. She might get crushed. Well, listen, thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> thanks very much for coming on the countdown. And, um, and we wish you the best of luck with your new single. And we hope someday that you might come down and show us all what it's about down in Australia. Yeah. Thank you very much,
this is everyone's romantic idea of a coach. This kind of coach has the same object, to get you there as fast as possible. This kind of coach was put out of business a hundred years ago by the railroads. And now the modern luxury coach is getting a bit of its own back. Coaches have come a long way in 40 years. From these to these. 70,000 of them on the roads of Britain. At London's Victoria coach station alone, nine million passengers pass through every year. Every winter's day, 260 coaches leave. In summer, 600 a day. On summer weekends, a thousand. Coaches carrying people in their tens of thousands. The lowest fare is a three bob single. The highest, for a 4,000 mile tour of Europe lasting 42 days, 200 guineas. If every coach in Britain were stretched out nose to tail, you could walk along their roofs the 400 miles from London to Perth. But who wants to walk when there are coaches everywhere? Some people can't cope with coaches. Some people take them in their stride. But whether you like them or hate them, you can't ignore them. And one place that loves them is Blackpool. They aren't going anywhere. They're there already. After you've arrived comes the big decision. What to do first? It's never a bad idea to get a little sustenance in sight. Liquid. Jellied or solid. And now for the front, the shops and the arcades, the amusements and the sideshows. Money to spend and things to buy. There's something for everyone at the seaside. You can swim or paddle or just sit and watch. There's always something worth watching. But for some, a coach trip means a longer journey than a day excursion to the seaside. A holiday tour to Paris, Brussels and Amsterdam, to Scandinavia, to Bavaria and the Black Forest, to Spain. Or like this coachload, a 2,000 mile round trip through France and Italy to Rome. The first stage of the journey takes us from London to Lyd Airport. Lid, a specially chartered aircraft is waiting. Taking off is always a thrill, even to experienced flyers. And some of us have never flown before. For a youngster like Eric, an invitation into the pilot's compartment is a chance to be dreamed of. That's the channel underneath us now. Soon we're over France. And then we're landing in France, at Lyon. 
Another coach is waiting for us. As we drive off, our courier begins a story that makes the history books come to life. Driving through France and Italy, you see the history of Europe in its cities and its churches, in the faces of the people in the countryside. On these mountainsides above Grenoble, the monks of Grand Chartreuse still collect rare and secret herbs to distill their famous age-old liqueur. Now we are following the route over the Alps that Hannibal took with his elephants in 218 BC. Things are easier now. In his long march from the river Ebro, Hannibal is said to have lost 50,000 men. We've come a long way today, and soon it will be time to stop for the night. High on the side of the mountain is the alpine village of La Grave, a chilly place in the shadow of a glacier, but a warm welcome at the hotel is guaranteed. Everyone will be too tired to dream tonight, except perhaps Eric, and he's likely to dream this dream for many a night. Morning, and what a view. Who wants to lie in bed when the morning mist is rising off the mountains and the air's as sweet as wine? But we've still a long way to go, and an early start is the best way of getting it. It's a beautiful drive to the border at Clavier, but there are a lot of hairpin bends that take a bit of getting used to, and quite a drop into the valley. Almost as good as the roller coasters of Blackpool, but Mario doesn't seem to worry. we arrive at the Italian frontier. It's amazing how quickly we've got used to being in France. The Italians look quite like foreigners. But just as quickly, we'll get used to them. Though this is a sight you don't often see in Britain. A priest blesses the coach with holy water and prayers for a safe journey. On we go, dropping down from the mountains to the coast, down from 6,000 feet to sea level and the port of Genoa. Genoa is set round a lovely natural harbour and is the greatest port in Italy, but we probably know it best as the birthplace of Columbus. This is his memorial. His two smaller ships, the Pinta and the Nina, each carried a crew of 18 they could all have got into our coach. The warm Mediterranean at last, Viregio. And time for a paddle. There's no doubt about it, it's warmer than Blackpool.
down the coast towards Rome, we come to Pisa with its famous leaning tower. It really does lean more than 16 feet out of the perpendicular, but it's been leaning for 800 years, so there's no good hanging around for it to fall. Even if you don't understand the language, shopping is easy. So easy, it's hard to say no. The flower of Italy is Florence. So full of art treasures, it would take weeks to see them all. Here's the Ponte Vecchio, one of the loveliest bridges in the world. But we are bound for Rome, and we pass along the Assisi Road, reminding us of St. Francis, the founder of the Franciscan Order of Monks. Rome, the eternal city. So called originally in the legend where Jupiter tells Venus he will give to the Romans an eternal empire. And in the heart of Rome, the Vatican and St. Peter's, with its famous dome designed by Michelangelo, who also designed these costumes worn by the famous Swiss guard. An old legend says that if you throw a coin into the Trevi Fountain and wish, one day you will return to Rome. Eric makes doubly sure by throwing his in backwards. The great romantic Byron wrote, While stands the Colosseum, Rome shall stand. When falls the Colosseum, Rome shall fall. And when Rome falls, the world. Perhaps we can now change our minds. Perhaps the old stagecoach isn't as romantic as our modern coach. But then, if it's romance you're after, what's wrong with a coach to black? Yes, the back of a coach is as good a place as any if you want to see life. Est-il encore debout le chêne ou le sapin de mon cercueil S'il faut aller au cimetière, je prendrai le chemin le plus long. Je ferai la tombe buissonnière, je quitterai la vie à reculons. Tant pis si les croque-morts me grondent, tant pis s'ils me croient fou allié. Je 
Je veux partir pour l'autre monde Par le chemin des écoliers Je veux partir pour l'autre monde Par le chemin des écoliers Avant d'aller compter fleurettes Aux belles armes des damnés Je rêve d'encore une amourette Je rêve d'encore m'en juponner Encore une fois dire je t'aime Encore une fois perdre le nord En effeuillant le chrysanthème Qui est la marguerite des morts En effeuillant le chrysanthème Qui est la marguerite des morts Dieu veut que ma veuve s'alarme En enterrant son compagnon Et pour lui faire verser des larmes Il n'y ait pas besoin d'oignon Qu'elle prenne un second noce Un époux de mon acabit Il pourra profiter de mes potes Et de mes pantoufles et de mes habits Il pourra profiter de mes potes Et de mes pantoufles et de mes habits Qu'il boive mon vin, qu'il aime ma femme Qu'il fume ma pipe et mon tabac Mais que jamais mort de mon âme Jamais il ne fouette mes chats Quoique je n'ai pas un atome Une ombre de méchanceté S'il fouette mes chats Il y a un fantôme Qui viendra le persécuter S'il fouette mes chats Il y a un fantôme Qui viendra le persécuter Ici gît une feuille morte Ici finit mon testament On a marqué dessus ma porte Fermée pour cause d'enterrement J'ai quitté la vie sans rancune J'aurai plus jamais mal aux dents Me voilà dans la fosse commune La fosse commune du temps Me voilà dans la fosse commune La fosse commune du temps